The Pilgrimage of the Heart podcast is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week as we explore yogic philosophy and apply it to our daily lives. And it starts with a sage, Valmiki, who's, um, he's renounced the world. Renunciation is when you leave the world aside and you say, I need, I'm going to find peace, but I'm going to, uh, the, the, What's causing the idea being that what's causing the disturbance or a lot of it is the world around us, the responsibilities, all these things. And so one one renounces the world and goes off and lives in the forest or goes to a monastery and and becomes secluded from the world, which is one way to approach things. The other is to look and say, well, God is in all of the things around me. And so let me try to spend some time each day in prayer and meditation, but then embrace life and all the things that come at me as ways to learn, which is basically what my teacher taught. So he said, uh, to renounce the world, you go off to a cave and live in a cave, and what you're going to realize is the God you're searching for was in all of those circumstances and situations and people. But then the challenge is to live in the world, but to live simply because um, you can live in the world and get involved in all kinds of troubles and problems and um, all the expectations and all these things. Or you can live in the world and really live from your heart and keep your life simple so that you are able to maintain peace of mind. A nice analogy for that is uh, like a waterfowl or a water bird that goes underwater to get some fish so it's submerged in the water, but then when it comes up, it shakes its feathers once and it's completely dry. So it's able to go into the world, into the water and come up, but not be affected by it. So too, can we live in the world and yet uh, maintain our peace? And so this fellow Valmiki, uh, well, well, we'll hear about him. As a young man, Val- Valmiki searched through the world seeking open friendship and happiness and hope which is what we would all love. Open friendship, happiness, and hope. But finding none of these, he went alone into the empty forest where no man lived to a spot near where the Tamasa River flows into the river Ganga. There he sat for years without moving, deep, deep in meditation, so still that white ants built an anthill all around him. There, Valmiki sat inside that anthill for thousands of years, with only his eyes showing out, trying to find the true, his hands folded, and his mind lost deep in contemplation. Then one cloudy winter's day at noon, the heavenly sage Narada, the inventor of music, born from Brahma's mind, flew from heaven to Valmiki and said, come out, help me. It's too cold, answered Valmiki. Away with the world, 
where a little pleasure costs a lot of pain. Don't make trouble for me. Would I ever, said Narada, look, see how life goes by and every creature does what follows his nature. Narada knelt and looked deep into Valmiki's eyes. Master, what can I say to you to bring you out of there? Valmiki looked at Narada and said, just name me one honest man and I'll move. <clears throat> and so here, one of the nice things about the story is that it presents the world to us in a multi-dimensional way. So Valmiki, he looks for happiness and hope in life, doesn't find it, renounces the world. He's lost deep in contemplation for thousands of years. But one of the ideas in, in mythology and in these stories is that each of us has a journey that we have to make. Uh, Joseph Campbell called it the hero's journey. Each of us has a quest and a journey that, that is really going to bring us forward, our deeper nature forward. And so that's about embracing the challenges that come our way. And so Valmiki's lost deep in contemplation. He's in trance. And then from high up above, from heaven, comes, comes Narada. And in the Indian mythology, Narada is the celestial musician. And it says in the story, he was born from Brahma's mind. So in the Hindu uh, stories, there's Brahma, the creator, Vishnu, the preserver, and Shiva, the destroyer, or the transformer. So again, that cycle of life, creation, preservation, transformation. And so Narada is born from Brahma's mind. And he's the inventor of music. So he comes down and he says, okay, Valmiki, I need your help. Come out of there. There's something that has to happen. And Valmiki doesn't want to. It's too cold. It's miserable out there. Leave me alone. And Narada says, "Look, see how life goes by. Every creature doing what follows his nature. And so each of us has something to do. We're alive for a purpose. We have to move. We have to act. We have to take action. And being able to follow our deepest nature. So again, following our deep journey. And there, you can, you can look at your own life and you, can, and you can say, you know, you're happy, you're comfortable, your situation's good. And that's like, that's like just being happy. And life comes to you. In this case, it's in the form of Narada. But in your own life, seeing what comes to you to, in a good, positive way, challenge you out of your comfort zone. Because we all get in our comfort zone and we don't, want, we don't want to leave it. And so looking at your own life and seeing the things that come and trying to discern which ones that come towards you are going to enable you or allow you to bring forward your deeper journey. You know, what's calling out to you to come forward. And so finally says, Narada says, well, what can I do? What can I do to get you out of there? And Valmiki says, just name me one honest man and I'll move. One honest man. 
Why do you think he would give that request for one honest man? Yeah, that's a good one. He's, he's seen the world and he's just seen treachery and lies. And Once what? Hope. Yeah, that there is an honest, that there is an honest character out there. Oh, that's okay. That's what he's going to do. So Valmiki says, "Just name me one honest man, and I'll move." Rama says, "Narada, now come out of there." <laughs> Who is Rama? Asked Valmiki. Narada said, "Rama rules as king in Ayodhya. He is born." He is born in the solar race and a descendant of the sun. He is brave and gentle and firm in fight. By Rama's command, his adorable queen Sita is being brought here into the forest on a chariot. And though she suspects nothing yet, here here she will be left abandoned. Unless you comfort her, she will drown herself in the river Ganga and kill as well her unborn sons by Rama. What did she do wrong? asked Valmiki. Nothing, said Narada. Sita is innocent and blameless. She has lived as Rama's queen for nearly 10,000 years. Before that, Rama saved her from great danger by wondrous and incredible deeds. And now, behold one of the terrors of kingship, that Rama must let her go because his people talk against her. Get up, save her life, and let her live here with you and your companions, and make in measured words the song of Rama, and teach it to Rama's two sons. So one of the nice nice things about the Ramayana is the story begins at the end. The story is a huge cycle. And so where he says Rama has ruled as king in Ayodhya for 10,000 years and um, one of the terrors of kingship is that Sita, um, Rama has banished her because the people talk against her. And so um, what's going to happen is Rama's two sons, if Valmiki does what he needs to do, Rama's two sons are going to start to sing and learn the story of Rama's whole life. And then we hear the whole journey. And then we wind up back here at this moment. And so an interesting thing in here where he says, and now behold one of the terrors of kingship. One of the terrors of kingship. And one of the themes we find throughout the Ramayana is that of love and duty and what life calls us to do. So here Rama and Sita, king and queen of this ancient kingdom, 10,000 years, they've had all these journeys together. And now something has happened, 
where Rama has banished Sita, he banished the queen, which really no one's ever forgiven Rama for, of all the people. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's. Um, but again, the terrors of kingship. So again, looking at our own lives and seeing where where those terrors lie in our lives. So we accept certain responsibilities, and in those responsibilities we're faced with decisions and things we have to do to fulfill our duties and our responsibilities. And oftentimes it means leaving a situation or, or, trans, or letting go of something and moving on to the next thing. And so again, that's part of our, our journey too, is, is moving forward in life. So, so Narda says, get up, save her life, and let her live here with you and your companions. And make in measured words the song of Rama, and teach it to Rama's two sons. So the Ramayana is the song of Rama, the tale of Rama. I have no companions here, said Valmiki. You have now. Coming here, I sang a friend-gathering song. Valmiki, I have seen other skies than these, other worlds and other friends. People are counting on you. And I can hear the chariot from Ayodhya with Sita approaching across Ganga. So I like the, I like the phrase where Narda says, I sang a friend-gathering song. It's always nice to have friends. Because, you know, Rama was, uh, Valmiki was looking for open friendship and happiness and hope in life, and he found none. And here Narada comes, and he's able to sing a friend-gathering song. And what we find is that this beautiful ashram springs up around Valmiki. And so again, looking at our own lives and seeing if, 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 we, if you're singing a friend-gathering song, does, does your life, does your life, does your heart sing that? Do, do you create an energy that, that gathers friends? And then Narda says, I've seen other skies than these, other worlds and other friends. People are counting on you. People are counting on you. And so that's also a beautiful thought is that your actions, if you can look into your heart and feel your heart and, and take your highest action or take the most valent or, um, uh, valent or, it's another word, noble, your no, most noble actions or whatever life presents you with, if you can follow a noble path and make really good decisions, to think that there are situations and circumstances and people out there who are, who are going to benefit from your, your actions. Which is a nice way to think about life, that there's circumstances and situations there that are just waiting, and if you, and if you make um, really heartfelt, that's a good word, if you make good heartfelt decisions, that these situations and circumstances are out there, and that you're going to, you're going to come, into there, in, come into them, and they're waiting. But if you don't make those decisions, then those circumstances don't come. 
And so looking at, looking at your decisions, not just in terms of, oh, I'm deciding to follow my heart, but in doing that, I have to let go of this and I have to um, make a change there. And a lot of times we get lost in what we're letting go of or, or how much we're going to miss something or the, of being afraid to change. But if we could only look ahead and see all the beautiful things coming our way, then it would be so much easier. And so that's what Nard is telling him. He's saying, I've seen other worlds. I've seen other places and people are waiting for you. People are depending on this moment. And that's that ability to really see not really the future, but like to see the potential that we have if, if we just um, follow our hearts. Has anyone had that experience where you made a tough, heartfelt decision and then all of a sudden things opened up? Pujari? Oh, I have. You have, okay. Are we supposed to share it? If you want to. <laughs> but you don't have to. Just the fact that you've had it. Has anyone else had that experience? Has that, and is, has, can anyone else? You don't have to share it, but can anyone else think of a time when they've had it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's, um, I think we all probably have and, and it's, it's, it's a lot of times realizing that it, it, many times it's like little things that we do. Like even the fact of coming here. So it's your first time here. And so actually getting here was based on a series of decisions. And looking back at that like key moment of, that, of a decision that got you here and, and realize, remembering back to, okay, there was that moment when I could decide what either to because you had called about the workshop. So at that moment of like having the courage to call about something new, it could have been easily said, ah, let me just do this instead or this instead. But making that decision opened a door to, to a whole new world of possibilities. And so looking at our lives and trying to um, have that awareness. And so remembering Rama's words that he's that he's seen other that, that he's seen other worlds. Let's see. Let me just read it once more. I have no companions here," said Valmiki. It's kind of like when a mother, when a kid says he's bored, I'm bored, nothing to do, and the mother says, well, "Just go outside and play." The mom knows once he goes outside and play, all kinds of stuff is going to happen. But if you just sit in the room, none's going to happen. So, I have no companions here," said Valmiki. You have now. Coming here, I sang a friend-gathering song. Valmiki, I've seen other skies than these, other worlds, and other friends. People are counting on you. And I can hear the chariot from Ayodhya approaching across Ganga. Okay, so keeping that in your heart and your awareness, your decisions... Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.